0: Hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2018. I think it's number 11 in the All Things Java series. My name is Matt Greencroft. I'm Richard Chesterwood. And today we are delighted to have in the studio with us Matt Wood from Fruition IT. Hi Matt, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi Matt, hi Richard. Thank you very much for inviting me in.
0: And as we've got you here, what I think we'll do is start by talking to you a bit about the job market, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then we'll cover some of the other things we normally talk about on our podcast a little bit later on. So. Thanks for coming in, and I guess it would be worth saying we met you at an event that your company puts on called mm-hmm. the JVM thing. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us a bit about why you set it up, what it is for those people who've not heard of it, yeah. and we'll take it from there.
1: Perfect. So I'll start with and uh, IT. Um, as you said, we're a major uh, tech recruitment company in the Leeds area. Um, we're a very high service-driven um, recruitment business. Uh, we've been established now for 10 years in March um we have a lot of clients in the yorkshire area but also uk wide as well um a lot of the clients we work with are uh, looking for uh, in-demand developers um specifically java as well Um, and we realized there wasn't really a um a community event really for um developers um in the kind of jvm ecosystem um so we decided to set up an event called jvm thing um we um, started doing a, um, a meetup focused around uh, Java versus Scala, uh, with no re- real kind of expectations of what the group could become. Um, to have around 88 88 people sign up to the event. We were completely overwhelmed. Uh, We had lots of uh, developers um, and and dieting professionals come from a lot of our clients and a lot of the major businesses across the Yorkshire region. Um, And uh, the feedback was amazing um, for us to effectively continue with a uh, a community-driven event um, and, and then run multiple events throughout the year um so we did a event on on reactive systems we had uh, james pitt and dry and rob help us out from ee mobile um we also did an event on on kotlin uh we had uh, andy Birds uh help us out uh who's at xml systems i believe now um and, uh, and michael richardson at, at sky um and then we uh, did an event on on 9 as well and We had sam Bate help us out um at uh, uh, Hermes, as well as uh, the chats of InfinityWorks as well, who have continuously helped us out throughout the year, people like Neil Dunlop, Dunlop Ben Foster, um, and, and lots of other amazing people. Um, so,
2: what I love about it is that, although you've done a session on Java 9, but generally it's hmm. about the Java stack rather than just Java Yeah, specific. absolutely. It's so reactive and scarlet. Kafka,
1: yeah, and absolutely, yeah, it's fantastic. been discussed. So um, you know, so, um, you know we're, we're looking forward to coming, Simon Ritter as well, who's a Java champion. Um... He's coming up on the Thursday the of 25th of, uh, of January uh, to talk about Java at speed. We've been looking forward to that. We,
2: <laughs> we, we
0: have. I mean, it's interesting. We've we talked on the podcast, actually, a bit about Kotlin after having gone to your session on Kotlin. Um, we've done a podcast on reactive systems, which was certainly partly inspired by what we heard there. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll almost certainly talk about, you know, we, we, for us, it's a very good, good source of material. Yeah. But, I mean, what's interesting is you, you've dropped in there rather nicely a large number of names of Companies that are very big and very well known in the UK, mm-hmm. and you know, for us, I think we get a real sense of what uh, people out there are looking for. So it's surprising to see uh, companies wanting things like Kotlin. I mean, where do you see what? What is the average major employer now looking for in terms of JVM developers? What kind of skill set?
1: And- so mainly main Java. I think Java is arguably the most popular um, JVM language out there at the moment. Uh, but we are obviously seeing a rise in, in, in Scala uh, and Kotlin and as well. But Kotlin is, is a fairly new requirement for us in the market. It's, um, it's a, a effectively a, a new um, Java language, sorry, correct that. <laughs> a new JVM language that's yeah. out there right now, uh, who's also now being supported. Um, and we are seeing companies like William Hill, like um, Sky and, and Skybet, and, and consultancies like Infinity Works and, and BDSS, for example, who are now requesting that type of skill set. Mm. So for, for
0: somebody who is out there thinking, I want to change my job in the next few months, so they're thinking about what they should have on their CV, uh, their resume if they're an American listener, um, which you know we get people asking us that. Look, That's one of the reasons we brought you in is to give our listeners some guidance around what employers are looking for. So I would say it's focus on the Java, but have things like Kotlin, you know, have a bit of an experiment with it, have mm-hmm. some knowledge of it, maybe things like Scala as well, a bit of a wider range. But in mm-hmm. terms of, our um, employers now expecting people to have everything from web development through to databases, the whole sort of range, or do people sort of specialise as they all used to in the olden days?
1: Yeah, I think... Um... You know, I think there's a couple of answers to that question, really. I think you know, that the full stack role um, is, is, is becoming a recognised uh, role on the on the market. Um, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of requirements now with clients in, in Leeds and UK-wide as well who are looking for full stacks, so front and back-end experience. Um, but I still feel there's a niche there as well, you know, for, for people, people to be... Um, Effectively utilising in front or back end as well, but I think that the full stack world is definitely becoming more of a uh, significant, significant, significant role in the uh, in the marketplace.
0: Right. Okay. So that's good because that sort of does, at least backs up what our understanding yeah. of you know when we look at we look at occasionally see what job adverts are out there and see what skills are asking for. Mm. And certainly, it seems to me ninety percent of job roles have that phrase "full stack developer" in these days.
1: It's... Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think. Um, you know, someone generally who has one language or, or multiple languages. So, you know, where we're always looking in the Java space, obviously we're looking for people that have a Java rate. It's the one's ideal at the moment that that tends to be the, the in-demand version of Java right now. Right. But equally, if those people have experience in, in, in Scala or Golang or, um, you know, Ruby, Python, uh, Kotlin as well, mm-hmm. that's really advantageous at the moment. Um,
0: just because you've got some rather major employers, are they asking for things like you know high throughput concurrency, experience of really systems that have a massive demand on them? Um, is that something you're seeing growth in? Yeah, absolutely. Like? You
1: know, real time systems that have you know, millions of mess- messages go through them per per second, that type of thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're looking for people. Or, or we tend to look for people that have. Um, in Camel or or, or Rabbit MQ and, and Kafka, for example, to support right. the demands of those types of of, of systems, the you know, high okay. transactional systems.
0: Yes, okay, that's interesting to know. Thank you. Um, so I feel a bit like an interrogation here, keep asking <laughs> you questions. But um, where do you see sort of again trying to look forward sort of over the next sort of eighteen months? Um, do you see any? Do you know of any? you know,
1: where, where the, your customers are going and what they might be looking for for the near future? Or? Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, I'm going to stick with the market trends. Um, there's a lot of noise, obviously, around cloud technologies. So, you know, we're looking for people that have skills in AWS um, or Azure uh, or, or, or Google, for example, some very similar across the, the cloud platforms. Um, you know, we're looking for people that have uh, experience of non-relational databases, so Oracle, MongoDB, um, and, and Cassandra um and containerization as well Just looking at things like docker mm-hmm. um but um but devops obviously is a, is a big thing so Chef, puppet terraform Rancher, those types of of tool sets as well uh, there's a big demand for for that so again we, we are focusing on the on the full stack role there uh yeah. you know to be uh, using modern data energies yeah
2: yes ultimately yeah okay Oh, well, that's good good to hear as well well one thing you've not mentioned at all is spring and i haven't the type actually and yeah. data type things that's still there isn't it absolutely
1: as as yeah absolutely i think there's a massive demand right now for spring boots yes right yeah
2: but i think it's fair to say i've got to be careful here because you know we've we've got a large proportion of our libraries sort of springish um it's it's definitely live and current but mm. it's a bit you know, it's been around for 15 years, so it perhaps doesn't get quite as much attention as the Dockers mm. and the AWSs. It's not mm. as glamorous as it was, but it's still absolutely core, I think. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a lot of recording to re <laughs> So
0: something... I know we've actually talked about this before, before we got to this podcast, but something I, I think is a really interesting question is that if you are applying for a job and you get an interview... What should you wear to the interview? <laughs> yes, so <laughs> that's yeah. a very good
1: question. <laughs>
2: yeah, we've not had. When would uh, my last interview would have been nearly twenty years ago?
0: Your mine would have been about the same, but certainly in, my interview was for a bank. Yes, well, yours was for.
2: Oh goodness me, I can't even remember. Um, it was. It, it wasn't a big form, um, you know a very formal corporate like a bank or something it was a, a you know a development shop type thing and it was then you wore a suit and there was no question about it it was a suit
0: absolutely well I was exactly the same and when um, was it
2: we were musing about this I can't remember now why we
0: I think it's we'd been into Sky, which is uh, for probably for a little talk there. And obviously you look around and everybody is in very casual wear. Yep, yep, yep. And th- I'm there thinking, and Sky always make a big thing of, when you go to any kind of talk there, they always tell you that they are recruiting and uh, to talk to one of their friendly recruiters. Um, and it's just, yeah, it just occurred to us, I guess, if you went for a job interview there, what would you wear? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it could be a so... big faux pas we're thinking
1: to turn <laughs> off our <and> suit. <laughs> There's no right or wrong, I <laughs> when, it, when, it, when you're going to interview I think um, no for me first impressions count um, yeah. so um, I would tend to say if it is a casual working environment um, go smart casual you know yes. shirt, jeans trousers, blazer you know that type of, that type of thing yes um, no, I wouldn't necessarily go in a, in, a, in a t-shirt uh, yes essentially, no. okay, but I think smart casual in, in in that instance. Um,
0: so, so overdress rather than underdress, but yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe try not to go too yeah. over the top. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the the full suit with the, the certain tie maybe might be overdoing it a little bit. Okay. Uh, but equally, if it's making to make a real good impression, then 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 why not? Okay, so so we took so that's if you
0: get a, an interview. In terms of likelihood of actually getting one, then if you've yeah. got a decent CV, I mean, there much?
1: Is there much in the way of jobs out there at the moment? Or good question. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of jobs out there at the moment. Um, the market is absolutely booming. Um, you know, the um, the UK tech market as a whole is, is absolutely booming. Um, I read an article actually, good question, I read an article in the uh, independent newspaper a few days ago where it stated the UK tech market sector is is enjoying a record uh, investment period um, despite Brexit uncertainty. So um, in 2017 uh, UK organisations attracted almost four times more funding than Germany um, and actually more than France and Sweden combined. So that illustrates itself that the market is absolutely booming right now.
2: and I suppose we can extrapolate from that, whether you're in America or wherever, we assume that the, very Java centric here, but in this kind of, in this kind of area, we assume worldwide, it would be, it would be a similar story, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from an investment point of view, we're seeing uh, la- last year, um, around £3 billion were invested into the UK tech market, UK wide, wow. wow. compared to £1.6 in 2016. And do you get a sense of how that translates into jobs? I mean, are there more
0: developers
1: working in the UK
0: today than there were a few years ago? Or? Good
1: question. I don't have the stats, but I believe I'm going to say yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can give you stats on um, on, on salaries, for example, and, okay. and uh, in terms of how they have increased over the last five years. Um, so UK wide at the minute, in 2012, we saw the average salary was around fifty thousand. Um, whereas in 2017, uh, it's fifty six thousand. Um, so obviously there's a 10-12% to 12% there variation in terms of how it's increased.
0: For, the, for international listeners it might be worth saying that's probably over the same period it's almost been no inflation in the UK, yeah. it's been very flat. So uh, that's interesting to uh,
1: to hear actually, yeah. so that's a positive. Absolutely, and when you look at the top 10% um, of uh, the bracket of people, IT professionals that have Java skills, those top 10% uh, are now getting paid £86,000. Compared to seventy-nine thousand pounds in, in
0: twenty twelve. So, so for people out there who are thinking, is Java a dying language? And it's it's very much seen by some areas as a legacy sort of thing. It's not at the exciting new, modern JavaScript frameworky type stuff,
1: you know. Th- but there's still very much a a good career to be had. Absolutely, Java, absolutely. I think there's a, there's a massive dema- in, uh, demand now for, for JavaScript Um and due to that demand, you know, salaries are definitely increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, if you're a Java developer, then uh, not, you don't have to worry. There's lots of jobs <laughs> out there. Um, you know, the um, companies are, are, are paying um, the, the money really and, and investing those people to, to hire those people.
2: Okay. But it's still Java stack we're talking about, really. I think if, mm. if you want to be one of those, as you've already said, yes. if you want to be one of those developers on the top of the tree, you want to be looking at all of the other JVM based. I think I think there's still a, we we often think that uh, IT technology moves really quickly and actually strangely it doesn't move that quickly at all. But kind of thinking back to if we were here 20 years ago. I'm about 20 years ago. We'd be talking C plus plus. C plus plus would have been, <laughs> and that kind of moved away. I mean, obviously there's still plenty of C plus mm. plus out there, but it's not the. I don't have a sense of the scale of it compared to Java.
1: Yeah. What i would be saying to you then is, um, you look at Golang as a a technology.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you mentioned, I mean, earlier, I mean, sorry, before the podcast, you'd mentioned <laughs> to us that there was a rather major UK company, which we'd better not name, uh, which very much is using Java 6 today out there. Mm-hmm. So, th- you know, th- there are people who are stuck, maybe, but I guess when they are ready to start moving forward, they're going to be moving to the later versions of Java, aren't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah, to, definitely.
1: You know, definitely. I'm no doubt those types of organisations. I want a digital transformation uh, to obviously, you know, look at the new versions of Java yeah. and get up to speak quickly. And you mentioned the dreaded word Brexit. Are you
0: seeing any kind of increase or slowdown in people either wanting to come to the UK to fill up those jo- those vacancies and jobs, or employers trying to bring people
1: across? Or yeah, absolutely. I think you know, first and foremost, the, the UK uh, tech market isn't seeing any signs uh, of slowing down. Um, you know, the investment alone last year shows that um, you know organizations are pl- are paying um, relocation packages. So they're looking outside of the UK to bring people uh, in, into the uh, into the uh, into the country, um, to uh, you know, bring them into into the technology teams and uh, and, uh, and and bring some masterminds into the UK ultimately.
0: Good. Okay. Well, we'll be putting a, a link to you obviously in the show notes for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So if there's people listening out there who are interested in knowing more about what jobs there are right now, then obviously they'll be able to. Get in touch with you and uh, have a conversation direct, and we'd we'd certainly recommend you as a uh, good person to speak to around you know f- finding the right role for a developer. Definitely, so uh, you've got a great reputation for that.
2: So there's some Java news, I think. That's
0: yeah. We'll we'll wrap it up with Dubai. the Java news. Well, it's not massive news, and it pains me a bit to say this because I seem to think back when we talked about Java nine on that podcast, Richard claimed that it he would... I have
2: a rant on every single podcast. I've not had one so far, so I don't actually have a microphone. I'm sharing your microphone, so I don't feel like I can have a rant this week.
0: That makes us a nice, a nice change for, no, for our listeners. No, our <laughs>
2: listeners will be <laughs> devastated not
0: to... Well, I but think yes, the former ramp was a the former ramp was about the numbering yeah. for for the new versions of Java. So allegedly, it was going to be there would be no Java ten, and that Java was moving to a six month release cycle starting in March twenty eighteen, and that would be called version eighteen point three, and then the one in September would be eighteen point nine, and so on. What a harebrained nonsense! I think. <laughs> 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 that, that was probably an exact quote there Richard of what you said and it really pains me because unfortunately it seems if we believe a couple of the websites that I've been looking at recently that Richard you've been proved right they are not moving to that numbering scheme uh, because other people seem to
2: agree with you that it was a bit harebrained and... Indeed, no 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 they did it purely based on feedback from influential companies, thought leaders in Java, Okay. which was us. Okay. Um, anyway, so it appears that the next version of
0: Java is amazingly going to be called Java 10 yeah. and is allegedly going to be released in March, just in a couple of months' time. So we'll keep an eye on that. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether we now have Java 11, Java 12 following very quickly.
2: Yeah, uh, six which months will be a. Issue. And I know I'm, I'm being a little bit arch in, in, in taking a mickey out of this, but. I think the version numbering is a really I mean we've talked a lot about Matt's been talking about well, we we have some Java 6 developers here and we need some Java it's a it, it, it's like a fundamental um, concept that we have and for them to just kind of change the rhythm of how Java's going to be it's it's going to take a lot of a lot of rethinking I reckon I I agree I mean none I think you were
0: saying earlier to us that none of your customers are really adopting Java nine in any great. No,
1: um, I can't see yeah, how it's yeah.
2: even possible. Given, I mean, a lot of the tools are broken, and um, you know, we're waiting for. I, I won't name the tools, but if any any non-trivial project is going to depend on something which is currently up, awaiting an upgrade for Java yes. nine, and it's we're a long way off being able to. Even I on agree, our relatively modest platform that we develop here, it, it's not a chance.
0: But it could be, you know, Java version 23 is out before we're ready to upgrade to Java 9 type thing. Yeah. I mean, it could mm. really run away with itself. So it'd it'd be and apart from see. the Jigsaw
2: stuff anyway, which is just really, a, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure it has a lot of value if, if if you really need that. But it's a pain in the neck, really. Um, there's nothing compelling, particularly, in Java 9 compared to Java 8, so... Yeah, um, we we went
0: through that. We picked out a few things, didn't we? When we talked about Java nine in the podcast, around yeah. things that we thought might be things that would we'd want to use, but oh, they, we weren't enough, yeah, they weren't we enough. They weren't enough for us to actually upgrade. So, uh, excited yeah. about any of it. Absolutely. And I'm not at all
2: sure what's due to be in Java ten. I'm just straining at a web page now to uh, um, a reference local type inference, and there's a clean interface for garbage collection. Yes. Um, who yeah. knows?
0: I mean, it, it doesn't look like anything jumping out there saying, well, that's
2: really going to be a key thing for us. We'd want to use Java 10. I mean, no. Once we do make that jump into this faster release cycle, I, I think the big thing is going to be the, the underlying JVM. It's been a nonsense that the JVM implementation has been tied into the release cycle of the language. So we of, we've often had to wait years for performance improvements to the JVM, but now we're going to get a new JVM basically every six months. So we're seeing evidence of that with new garbage collection. I can see on that webpage there's some hotspot improvements. All of these things mean good performance improvements, which is great. Uh, whether the I, think, I suspect the language will probably still plod along in its...
0: I'm sure you're right. ...incredibly I'm sure you're right.
2: slow... Um, LAUGHTER improvements but so that's something to keep an eye on anyway
0: absolutely Uh, as far as I'm aware that's all the news that's out there should we just do a little wrap up with what we're working on at the moment yes let's
2: do so do you want to go first or shall I Well, we're both working on the same thing, aren't we? Oh, you're (laughs) going to mention JSF, right. So Good, we'll get a ranting about that.
0: Okay, so which favourite topic in Java is JSF? JSF. So I am finally doing the fourth module in the Java EE series, which is covering JSF. Which Um, we
2: are doing purely just to dot an I and cross a T. It it was on, we we had a, a module on it in an old version of the library and we felt we should... Put that in just for people who need it, but we hate JSF (laughs) as a passion.
0: Unfortunately, a number of our customers keep emailing saying, when is the JSF uh, module going to be available? So They, they... hate it
2: as well, but, yes. you know, they... they Unfortunately, they... it's used is the problem. So. Yeah, and they need, they need our help. So, so, well.
0: so that is going to be out within the next few weeks, actually. It's written, we're just starting to record it now. Um, it might be worth just mentioning that although Java EE has now been out for a couple of months, no, none of the commercial application servers are yet Java EE 8 compliant. So it's a Java E7 version that we're working with um, and interestingly they also don't support Java 9 of course as well, right. so it's going to be... Of interest,
2: what version is JSF out now? It'll be two point it, something.
0: It's
2: 2.2, 2.3 I think, but okay. there's been almost no changes since 2.0 um, Is that, so that's very interesting then, so yes. we have very little work to do then on the re-record we're going to add a yeah. couple of extra little things that should have been in the original, but we're not going to spend a lot of time. On no,
0: that. and certainly I, although Java EE 8 isn't really available yet unless you use glassfish uh, there is almost again nothing changing in jsf for java EE 8 so it will be absolutely compliant for that and fully working
2: excellent we'll talk on another podcast about why jsf is probably not <laughs> topic.
0: Well, it, it's something we're going to talk about actually in the uh, in, in the first chapter of the course because we're going to explain some of the issues around JSF and why it's a controversial as to whether it's actually a good technology. So we we will talk about that. I think it's a good that. technology
2: if you have a particular use case, but very few have that use case, yes. and a lot feel well, we've got to use it because it's a standard, and they end up yeah, trying right. to put a square into a circle, you know, and they end up Absolutely. total Absolutely. misery. Um, But on a much happier note, we're also working on Apache Spark. So this is going to be, we currently think, three different
0: modules. Module one is currently in the process of being recorded. Richard's recording that, although we're working together on it. Um, And module one is really covering everything you need to know about... everything you need to know about resilient distributed data sets or RDDs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to focus on that first. Module 2 will be covering Spark SQL. um, And then we'll, I'm guessing, going to be looking at things like streaming and that kind of thing for Module 3. But a little way off for that, I imagine we're probably looking February release date for Spark, would you say? I would
2: hope it's January, actually. It should have been December. And I have had some fairly angry. emails (laughs) emails <laughs> to the support system saying why didn't it get released in December? We normally okay. hit our deadlines, but um I think maybe the end of the year, Christmas, all that sort of thing got in the way a bit. But um Spark, I assume, is a, you must be, you must, I'm talking to Matt again, you must have some requirements for Apache Spark. Is that a hot topic for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good question, actually. I think um, that is definitely on the rise at the moment. Um, there are companies out there that, we're, that we are working with that are looking for some knowledge of that, absolutely.
2: Excellent. So w- one big discussion we had when we were sort of architecting the course was, should we, for the first we've never covered Scala anywhere in our library which is obviously quite an, an not an oversight really but it's just there's a million other things to do as well and I think most of the people I've seen using Spark are using Scala so we thought maybe we'd, we'd elbow Scala in but then we made the last minute decision I think roughly to we'll stick with Java so we're using Java 8 Mm -hmm. but it's the reason I'm excited about that course is it's our first opportunity really to properly use Java 8 first proper use of lambdas and so on so it's we're we're finally getting more functional but I think it would be worth doing a Scala version of this as well as a kind of even as as a quick this is how you would have done it in Scala that would be fun
0: I think so I mean it's interesting that certainly with Java 8 there's very little extra code that you have to write when you're doing it in Java compared to Scala it, yeah, is, absolutely. it is a it efficient same. way yeah efficient yeah. way to work
2: um, the thinking is exactly the same yes so,
0: and for anyone who's done Hadoop we have a quite a popular course on Hadoop it's a much more pleasurable experience yeah. to work with uh, spark than it was with Hadoop yeah, so you, you
2: almost feel like and one I think it's an odd problem but one problem that we've had with the recording is when you're Working locally on Spark, you just feel like, well, I've just got a collection and I'm just doing some aggregations on a collection. What? Mm. Where's the? What's special about this? Because when you deploy it, and you know, you don't have to think about making it all resilient and distributed. It's beautiful yes. and simple. But-
0: It is, but you can obviously fall into the trap of actually ending up with code that doesn't run particularly efficiently because you haven't considered how's it going to work in a multi-box environment. So we'll be talking about that quite a bit on the course. Plenty about
2: that. So uh, sorry it's late. we've had we've had production problems
0: with this one yeah, <laughs> yeah we're getting there we've had a real technical uh, few days unfortunately so um should we wrap it up there i Wonderful. thank you matt for coming uh, in thanks we really appreciate your time thank you very much for inviting me and uh we'll say there'll be a link to fruition in the show notes so anyone who's looking for a job out there or if you're an employer looking to recruit some people we thoroughly recommend fruition we've known them for a long time great company And thank you for listening and we'll hopefully speak to you or hopefully you'll hear from us again quite soon on the next podcast. Within the month. Within the month.
2: There we are. That's a commitment from Richard. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Cheerio.